Hello and welcome to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. CVS under scrutiny. A Catholic nurse practitioner says CVS Health fired her for refusing to prescribe abortion drugs. Kevin Terrio, senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom and lead attorney on the case, joins us to discuss the lawsuit against the pharmaceutical company. Extremism in Maryland. A late-term abortion business aimed at ending unborn lives up until birth is set to open soon in College Park, Maryland. Congressional candidate Neil Parrott, who currently serves as a Maryland state delegate, reacts to the news and shares his thoughts on other dangerous abortion initiatives in his state. Saving Lives. President and CEO of Heroic Media, Brett Atterbury, joins us to discuss his new book, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. In the book, he aims to help people rethink how they support and invest in the pro-life movement. A woman has been fired from her job at a CVS Minute Clinic. Why? Because she won't prescribe abortion-inducing drugs. Paige Casey has been a licensed nurse practitioner in Northern Virginia since 2018. A Catholic, Casey has never been willing to prescribe abortion-inducing drugs, and until now, that had never been a problem for her employers at CVS. In March, Casey received a merit-based raise, but just two days later, she was fired. Casey is suing her former employer on the grounds that her termination violates a statute known as Virginia's Conscience Clause. And joining me now is Paige Casey's lawyer, Kevin Terrio, senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom and the leading attorney on this particular case. Kevin, thanks for joining me. Can you start by explaining what exactly Virginia's Conscience Clause is and how it's been violated here in this instance? Sure. Virginia has a law that prohibits major corporations like CVS from firing people because they refuse to participate in abortion. And as you mentioned, Paige um, has been uh, a devout Catholic for her, her whole life and um, didn't participate in abortion and was accommodated by CVS for three and a half years. But then they uh, decided to change their mind for no reason. Very unfortunate. And CVS has, as you said, been respectful of her beliefs for the past three and a half years. Why is there a change now? In a recent statement, a spokesperson from CVS Health said they had to fire her because her religious beliefs prevent her from performing, quote, essential functions of her job. So what's changed here? Well, nothing has changed. CVS created a problem where none existed. And uh, Paige had a spotless record for three and a half years. They were able to work around her religious convictions. She wasn't required to prescribe or administer any drugs that caused an abortion. And all of a sudden, they just decided to stop that. Hmm. And what does this say about big pharmaceutical companies and where their allegiances really lie, Kevin? Well, it, it's an indictment on big pharmaceutical companies and uh, places like uh, CVS and Minute Clinic because uh, healthcare professionals should be able to practice according to their religious convictions. And everyone uh, pretty much agrees with that freedom, but uh, CVS is denying it in this particular instance. Right. And your team at Alliance Defending Freedom has dealt with cases like this for years. Have we seen more conscience violations under the Biden regime? Has it been more difficult to protect people of faith in recent years? I believe that it's 
increasingly more difficult uh, to protect people of faith in recent years, and and they're uh, being attacked on a more regular basis. Uh, we defended, for instance, pro-life pregnancy centers in California who are being forced to refer for abortion, even though they didn't provide that service. And so we're seeing more and more of that type of violation of medical rights of conscience. Mm. And should people like us, people of faith, Kevin, be concerned about job security because of our faith? Are there any precautions that people can take, people like us, to ensure they'll be able to keep providing for their families in this hostile environment to our faith? Well, the good news is there are lots of laws like Virginia's that prohibit major corporations from uh, from firing people because of their religious convictions. So uh, you should educate yourself if you're a believer and want to make sure you're working according to your convictions, and then make sure that you take a stand. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, unfortunately, uh, just roll over, but make sure you know what your rights are and let your employer know that um, you want to practice your uh, particular uh, job, especially if it's in the area of healthcare, in accordance with your religious convictions. Mm, yes. Well, it's so important that we have groups like ADF because you're helping people take a stand each and every day. Kevin Terrio, Senior Counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. Thanks and God bless you. Thank you. A new late-term abortion business is set to open soon in Maryland and will be one of only a handful of abortion facilities in the country to offer abortions up until birth. The facility, known as Partners in Abortion Care, was founded by Morgan Nutso and Diane Horvath, who have both dedicated their medical careers to killing innocent lives. They say they are trying to help people in their pursuit to up the already high number of abortions in the state and are concerningly furnishing the new facility with used equipment from an abortion facility that was shut down in Georgia. And that's not the end of the extremism in Maryland. In Montgomery County, local leaders just announced they are funneling $1 million to grant programs that will fund more of these brutal late-term abortions. And joining me now to discuss is Maryland Republican candidate for Congress, Neil Parrott. Congress, uh, Delegate Parrott, thank you so much for joining me. What's your reaction to the new late-term abortion business opening soon in your state? And also the fact that reporters are calling it a, quote, all-term facility. That's a euphemism that's that's new to us. Oh, first of all, it's really sad that Maryland has become a destination place for many people who would like to have abortions. People already were coming to Maryland from other states. A lot of people didn't know that Maryland actually had the most liberal abortion law in the entire country. Dr. Leroy Carhart, he had a practice here in Germantown. He moved it to Bethesda. And it's it's sad. They've been performing long-term abortions here in Maryland. Uh, there's one case where a teacher from New York came to Maryland to get a late-term abortion. And unfortunately, that abortion went wrong. Uh, she ended up dying as a result of the abortion. Uh, and Dr. Leroy Carhart continues to practice abortion here in Maryland uh, to this day. And I think it's very disappointing that he's continuing to operate and that now we have a new facility that's going to open up in, in Maryland. Yeah, very concerning. And it's so important that people know those horror stories that happen when people seek abortions. And what are your thoughts on the fact that this particular center that's opening will be located close to the University of Maryland? That's one of the state's largest universities. It is. I went to University of Maryland at College Park. That's where I graduated from with my civil engineering degree. Uh, you know, it puts it obviously right next to a lot of young women um, who might use that facility who otherwise might not have um, and be able to wait until longer in pregnancy to do that. I think it's it puts those women in danger. I think it's very 
disappointing that it's happening here in Maryland. But unfortunately, you know, I am a state delegate in Maryland. I have been for 12 years, and we've introduced legislation. Um, I've personally introduced legislation like the heartbeat bill. If the baby has a heartbeat, that we shouldn't allow abortions there. Or the fetal pain bill, that if, they, if they're feeling pain, the, the fetus, that we shouldn't allow an abortion in that case. Uh, but none of those passed. And unfortunately, the radical left in, in Maryland has actually made, even just this last year, abortion easier to have access here in Maryland. They did it intentionally, where now you don't even have to be a doctor to perform abortions in Maryland. You could be a nurse, a nurse practitioner. Uh, the list goes on and on. Or any other legal uh, person who's licensed to do that type of uh, procedure is what the bill says. Uh, it's very disappointing. We're moving in the wrong direction in Maryland on the abortion issue. And this, I think, is just one of the uh, roots, sorry, the results of the bills that are happening in Maryland. It's, it's disappointing that partners in abortion care are coming to Maryland so close to the University of Maryland, like you were just talking about. Mm -hmm, right. And let's talk about Montgomery County very briefly. They're funneling a million dollars through grants to increase abortion in the area. The money is going to be used for legal fees. It's going to target low-income women, among other things. These funds could be used to help moms who are struggling. What are your thoughts on how this money is being used? Well, it's very disappointing. If I understand it right, it's this is taxpayer money in Montgomery County that's going to fund abortions. You know, there's already state money uh, at, at Maryland State. We put in mills every single year to try and, in our general budget, get out the money that's going towards abortions, but it stays in there. Uh, and so I think this is just more money being thrown at, at abortion. And it's disappointing. We should be encouraging people to look at other options, to look for life, look for adoption if you'd like to have that, or to be able to keep the baby. Uh, and help people when they do keep the baby, make sure that they're able to raise the baby well and have some of the resources that they need. I believe this could have been used in a much better way. Um, and it's, it's again, it's disappointing. Maryland is going in the wrong direction. Other states are going in the right direction with the pro-life cause, but, but Maryland continues uh, to go down the wrong road and we, we are becoming more of a destination state. And I mm -hmm. think that's why they're, they're opening that clinic here. They see that um, not only are we promoting it, not only accepting it, but we're promoting abortions in the state of Maryland with taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the way it should happen. Even people who come here from out of state are getting some money from the state coffers of Maryland and to allow that abortion to occur. Right. And we have about 30 seconds left, Delegate Parrott. I know that you're running for Congress. What would you do in Washington to turn Maryland in the right direction and really protect unborn babies in your state if elected? Well, one thing is just to be a, a voice piece for pro-life, just to show people how important it is. Um, also, nationally, we need to, I, I'm very thankful that Roe v. Wade was overturned so that it does go back to the states. But we need to have, in Maryland, if they're going to allow abortions, at least have laws that are going to, to make it safer for the women. I, it's very disappointing not even to have a doctor in the room. Those things need to be reversed. Uh, otherwise, we're going to see more women get hurt, and especially with late-term abortions, like this Partners in Abortion Care is talking about. Uh, I'm just very concerned about the women who go in, and obviously I'm concerned about the unborn baby as well. Mm, amen. Well, good luck in your race. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Neil Parrott, State Delegate of in Maryland. Thank you. Abortion activists who claim to be medical professionals are using a made-up statistic to convince women that abortion is safer than carrying their baby to term. The Charlotte Lozier Institute did a deep dive to uncover the shoddy data used by pro-abortion advocates. 
how it originated, and the devastating effects it has had on women. And joining me to break all of this down is Tessa Longbond, Senior Research Associate at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Tessa, so glad you could join me. Let's break this down. So this particular stat says that childbirth is 14 times more dangerous than abortion. And we've heard a lot of people say this, doctors, lawyers, pro-abortion media, pop stars, even Justice Sotomayor has said it before. What is the problem with this stat and where did it first come from? Well, this particular stat originated from a study that was published in 2012, but there have been similar claims floating around and they all make the same flawed assumptions. Mm. Uh, in the U.S., our maternal mortality data is very poor. We don't capture all deaths, and our abortion data is even worse. We don't even know how many abortions take place, period, let alone the number of deaths that result from abortion. And so comparing bad data with worse data doesn't really tell us anything useful. And in fact, the authors of that study acknowledged that deaths were underreported. And if you compare the results with uh, studies from countries that have good data, they actually show the opposite, that abortion is many times more dangerous than childbirth. Mm. Uh, so we know that if you look at what the data is actually saying, it shows that abortion is the risky choice. And of course, the 2012 study doesn't acknowledge the deaths of unborn children killed by abortion. Of course. If those are factored in, abortion is hundreds if not thousands, thousands of times more dangerous than childbirth. Right, and let's get into the truth about this just a little bit more. You know, I just came across a study that was conducted here in the U.S., which found that women who have abortions have a 154% higher risk of committing suicide. Isn't that right? Yes, tragically, that's true. And this was a study that was done using Medicaid data out of California. And so the researchers were able to link each pregnancy outcome, abortion or birth, with any subsequent deaths. And so they found that, yes, women who had abortions were much more likely to commit suicide. And this is consistent with a lot of research showing that abortion can increase women's risks of mental health problems. And of course, there are the physical risks as well. Abortion can cause physical complications and even death. And these risks just continue to increase the farther along in pregnancy a woman obtains an abortion. Right. We need to keep spreading the truth about that. And you've stated this before, but many times on the show, we don't have good enough abortion reporting in America. Why is that still the case so many years later? Why has this been a consistent problem? It hasn't been made a priority. The CDC leaves it up to states to decide what data they'll collect, or even if they'll collect any abortion data at all. And some states choose not to collect any data. Imagine if we did that for births, not knowing how many were happening in the United States. So it's something that states and the federal government have been neglecting. And then the abortion industry doesn't want us to have accurate data. In fact, there was a study published just a few days ago saying that emergency room physicians who treat women for abortion-related complications shouldn't report the complications. And so there is also this effort on the, port, the part of the abortion industry to keep this complication data from being reported. Mm, that's really astounding. And, you know, Tessa, you mentioned that there are countries that are doing this tracking the right way. Can you name some of the countries that we should be looking to when it comes to really tracking the effects of abortion versus childbirth? So we should be looking for data that will allow us to link each pregnancy outcome with any complications and deaths that follow it. And so many of the studies that I mentioned earlier come from Scandinavia, from countries like Sweden and Finland, where the government funds 
all health care and abortion. And so they have these comprehensive records that allow researchers to do these types of studies. Mm. So you need to have that ability to be able to link up and make sure that you're capturing all the pregnancies and deaths that are occurring. Yes, very interesting. And you know, as women in this country, Tessa, we have to be more and more guarded when we're seeking medical care. Our options seem more and more limited, but do you have any advice on where we can go for good, honest medical care, good, honest doctors who are gonna tell us the truth? Well, my colleague, Dr. Ingrid Scott, has delivered over 5,000 babies over 25 years, and she's become my go-to for good, reliable information in the Dobbs era. She spends a lot of time separating fact from fiction and helping to uh, debunk certain myths, like pro-life laws will prevent women from getting the health care they need, which is not true. Um, she explains that women don't need abortion to protect their health. And so she has a lot of really useful resources that can all be found on our website, which is lozierinstitute.org. Right. And then also just encourage people to uh, check out the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, uh, Christian Medical and Dental Association. They have great resources as well. That's great. Some wonderful resources. Thank you so much for joining us, Tessa Longbonds of the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Coming up, President Biden's speech in Philadelphia caused an uproar among critics who say he failed to acknowledge the real needs of the American people and the unborn. I speak out. Plus, the president and CEO of Heroic Media, Brett Atterbury, joins us to discuss his new book, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line, next. Welcome back to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. The Biden administration is continuing to use your taxpayer dollars to fund abortion. Now, for military veterans. Unsurprisingly, the Department of Veterans Affairs has announced they will even fund abortion in states where abortion has been banned, ignoring state-level laws to fund the killing of babies across America. Founder and president of Live Action, Lila Rose, commented on the news saying, quote, what greater war crime than the intentional slaying of an innocent child? A dark day for our military, our healthcare system, and our nation. The Biden administration's commitment to abortion everywhere and at any cost is barbaric. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love, they promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. This speech was an attempt to gaslight the American people. This is the same man who did nothing to help babies when America had no formula. He's ignored violent attacks on pregnancy centers and churches. He was, he's responsible for soaring inflation and gas prices that have made it harder for you to take care of your family. The truth is, President Biden divided the country between red and blue faster than you could blink. He wants you to know that if you disagree with him, if you think killing babies is wrong, if you stand for marriage between one man and one woman, he will not fight for you. But there is hope because we believe in the power of prayer and standing up for what's right. Former President Trump gave a speech in Pennsylvania days later, reminding us that Americans must kneel to God and God alone. And as long as we stand united and trust in him, those currently in power do not stand a chance.
president and CEO of Heroic Media, Brett Atterbury, has a new book out called Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. The book aims to help people rethink how they support and invest in the pro-life movement. Atterbury also addresses the fact that dangerous chemical abortion drugs are now replacing first trimester surgical abortions at Planned Parenthood's nationwide. And joining me now via Zoom is Brett Atterbury, the author of Your Pro-Life Bottom Line and president and CEO of Heroic Media. Brett, thanks for joining us. Tell us about your new book. Hi, Prince. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been involved in pro-life now full-time for about 10 years and specifically working in marketing, helping pro-life pregnancy centers on the front lines compete effectively against Planned Parenthood and so over time, as I learned more and more about how that worked, um, the, both the good and the bad, uh, things that centers were doing that were effective and things that were doing that were not effective, um, I realized it would be good to put this into a book form because my background is in marketing, specifically in the cell phone industry before I came into pro-life. And I just look at it a little bit differently. I, I look at the whole issue from a business perspective, competing against Planned Parenthood. How do we win? customers or clients away from them? How do we beat them at market share? And I just realized after talking with a lot of pro-life people that my approach is very different, but also very effective. So mm -hmm. I figured it's time to put this down into book form and get it out there so that more people can learn about this way of, of competing against Planned Parenthood. Sure, it sounds very unique for sure. And we know that overturning Roe and enacting pro-life laws, it does decrease the number of abortions, but it's not always easy to see the impact of these laws right away. And you touch on this in your book, sometimes changing public opinion in these states is a whole separate battle. You've addressed how you think our recent wins are going to impact abortion rates nationwide and what else it's gonna take. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, obviously, we're all very excited about the overturn of Roe. As I like to say, laws are great teachers. And so especially in the states where it's also illegal in the states, it's going to be wonderful over time as our young people see that abortion is illegal in their state. They can ask their parents or other people why that is. And at a very young age, they come to understand that life is the right choice. Life is the moral choice. But I would also say that it's, it's very interesting. I think many pro-lifers believed that overturning Roe was going to be the answer to all of pro-life issues and that you know abortion might be legal across the country. Uh, more and more people are now learning that, that that's not true. As I cover my book, the, the main concern that I have from an industry, from a business perspective, is that the abortion industry was already going a, un, undergoing a massive transformation in its product, if I could call it that, from a facilities-based abortion procedure to a pharmaceutical distribution strategy using the internet for mail order. In other words, what's known as the abortion pill. So Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry had already started this a long time ago, but recently it's really started to accelerate. And even this year, more than half of abortions in our country will be by the abortion pill. And this is very concerning because it can circumvent many of the restrictions that laws put in place. For example, it's pretty easy to police a procedure that happens at a facility on a certain day, at a certain time, done by a certain abortionist. It's much, much more difficult to police two little pills that come in a package that can be shipped anywhere. 
And even if in your state, uh, mail order abortion is illegal by the abortion pill, I would still say it's pretty easy to, to get by those uh, laws because, uh, for example, a friend in an abortion legal state could still ship abortion pills into her friend in an abortion illegal state and, and very easily bypass those laws. So mm -hmm. my biggest concern is we, um, we, we put a lot, of, uh, a lot of weight on that Roe v. Wade's going to restrict a lot of supply of abortion. And I think over time, that's not going to be the case. Uh, where can our audience purchase your book? Yeah, it's on Amazon.com, or they can go to my site at BrettAtterberry.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Brett Atterbury, author of Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. Thank you, Prudence. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Until next time, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on social media at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can also send us a message by emailing ProLifeWeekly at EWTN.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless. Thank you.